Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast. I'm Kev, and I've got the two usual suspects with me, James and Tony. Yeah, are you both well, chaps? Oh, yes. Yeah, we're ready to go. We're all right. We've both been up since five because yeah. of children. <laughs> so go easy. <laughs> all right, all right. Enough of your violin talk. Um, we've got football back, gentlemen. Mm. Saturday, uh, football returns. Obviously, the town um, play Preston. I say we've got football back on Saturday. Of course, if you happen to be listening to this as a Premier League fan, you're slightly ahead of us. Um, but hopefully, we won't have a nil-nil in our first game. James, are you looking forward to it? I know when we started doing these lockdown podcasts, football was not on the sort of forefront of anyone's mind. But three months of boredom has kind of kicked it in. I would imagine. Oh, uh, well, it was it was a couple of weeks of boredom, well into the start of lockdown, really. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, but I kind of haven't, it's not really entered my brain yet because I've been conditioned not to have any football, so it feels weird at the moment. I suppose, you know, we're recording this before the pre-match stuff happens, so once that all happens, it might feel a bit more real, but um, yeah, it's weird. I, I, I looked at Twitter earlier for the first time today and people were having a moan up about football, football that was actually happening. So it's like, it's just a bit surprising. Yeah, football's been gone for just over three months, Tony, but it took 35 minutes for controversy to return in the Premier League. Thankfully, we've not got none of that VAR nonsense in the Championship. Um, but it is going to be different football at the minute, isn't it? Um, without a doubt, Kev, it's... Uh... You know, it's going to be very strange for players and, and, and strange for supporters not being able to go and, and support your team. And, you know, everybody searching for ways of trying to experience the, uh, well, increase the experience. Um, I'll just be glad to get, you know, to get some football in and, 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 and watch some football, no matter how. Um, the only sort of negative for me is we get this finished se- this season finished and then are we going to have another long break until the next season starts um, but it's not ideal but uh, it's better than nothing I suppose Yeah absolutely I mean James I guess that's this sort of overriding thing really isn't it we're in a world where nothing's ideal right now so something is better than nothing well, absolutely, because there's been nothing else to look forward to uh, of a weekend. <laughs> it's not even like it wasn't even like uh, the usual summer, where uh, you know your your missus would get you doing some sort of something in the garden, even though you don't know what a pair of shears are. Uh, <laughs> Lord knows, but she'd be she'd have me out there doing something. But you can't even like get out of the house or do anything. Productive, really. It's almost got to the stage, James, where uh, I look forward to uh, queuing at test guns. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's that's the sport in itself at the moment. Isn't it? That it's going to be, it's going to be great to have football back. Um, I suppose the thing is, it's going, yeah, it's going to be very different, isn't it? Because there's going to be no fans. So what that is going to feel like? I think it will feel quite novel uh, for the first game. After that, I don't know. It depends on the results, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, there is going to be a kind of novelty to it. I mean, obviously, we've had best part of a month of the Bundesliga and the Premier League. But unless your team's really involved in it, you don't really kind of take as much deep-rooted interest in it, do you, Tony? So this is really the benchmark for what football's going to be like for the next month or so. 
Yeah, true. I mean, I haven't watched any of the Bundesliga games. Um, it, it, you know, it, it doesn't really hold my interest. Um, and it, it, to be honest, it's the same with the Premiership. Um, I, I, you know, if it's on, uh, I'll watch it, but I won't particularly go out of my way to watch it because I'm, I'm not really interested. Um, uh, I'm, I'm fine as I'm, I'm getting older and I'm losing less and less interest in international football as well. Uh, the only team I seem to care about is, is Luton. Um, I always watch their games and I'll, I will watch other games that will affect Luton. Um, but it, it, it is certainly going to be, uh, as you said, a novel experience and uh, hopefully uh, we won't have to go through this for, for too long. You know, it'll just be these nine games and then hopefully we'll be back to normal. I mean, obviously, absolutely. Obviously, there's a lot of different sort of protocols that we'll come on to in a minute, James. But you're probably the best one to talk to with regards to the kind of health protocols because you're obviously going to be at the game on Saturday. Uh, what sort of health procedures have you been told that you're you're going to have to go through? Can you give me a press pass, James. <laughs> yeah, you can come and make my. Well, I say can't come and make me tea or fetch me food because there won't be any available. Uh, yeah, we have to we have to turn up uh, a set time, um, which is going to be uh, new for me. I'm always late, so I have to sort myself out. Let's turn up at a set time to the ticket office. You get your temperature taken. Um, oh, pr- prior to that, you have to fill out an online questionnaire. Um, I've not seen it yet, but uh, I'm sure it'd be like, have you had a temperature? Blah blah blah. That sort of stuff. Get your temperature taken once you get to the ticket office. There's a one-way system in place somewhere that you walk up to the seats. All the press seats are two metres away from everyone else, at least, I'm told. And that's quite a feat in itself because you've been in the press box, Kevin. It's tiny. So I, I imagine, well, there's there's 10,000 seats you can sit in, isn't there? Really? You can take your pick. Uh, I, you know, I did. I did request an executive box, but I don't think I'm getting <laughs> getting anything there. But um, yeah, and then it will be stay in your seat, and you can't go anywhere. There's none, none of the usual press room stuff at half time and afterwards. And then uh, we're told that the TV will get to interview managers by the pitch side, but they'll have to do it with one of those long booms, boom mics that all the TV companies seem to be using to keep two metres away. And then the usual post-match press thing for the written press will be via Zoom. So we just stay in our seat. Uh, Thank God God it's summer, really, because I wouldn't fancy that in the middle of February. So what you're telling me really is you don't actually need to be there. You can can sit at home and do everything that you were going to do anyway. Yes. Pretty much. Pretty much. You only go to the football for the half time cake anyway, so uh, with that, there's going to be none of that. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what I'll do. So, take me over to, I guess. But... You'd have to, yeah, yeah, I'm going to say you'd have to take a pack up, wouldn't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, like I say, it would be quite a novel experience to begin with. But, you know, uh, Tony, you were saying, like, you don't really watch. You didn't watch the Bundesliga and any of that stuff, and I don't either because I'm not I'm not interested. If it's not a club I'm, mm. uh, I follow, I'm, I'm not interested. But also because my the thing of matches for me is the live setting and and having that raucous atmosphere in the crowds, and that's not going to be there. So that is going to be 
yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about that one because I, that that's that's half the enjoyment for me. I've been to like reserve games and youth matches and stuff where there's no crowd, and it's doesn't have the same vibe, does it? So, yeah, that's going to be a tough one. Yeah, absolutely, it is. I mean, that's yeah. for you that's there. That's going to be the thing. I think for everyone watching on, kind of coming um, out. Yeah. Everyone watching it's, it's on coming out, Kev, but. Um... It, it, it's showing how um, important supporters being at matches is. Football, like yeah. football is nothing without fans being in the ground. No, this is true. I mean, they're, they're doing fake noise, aren't they, for the televised games? Fake crowd noise that they've recorded at previous games that they're going to play at you know, I, important I incidents. It, but I think it's pretty sad that uh, we're following a trend set by Watford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they used to do that. They used to do that. What for than those down? Uh, what for yeah, when, when, the, when they had a, when they had the crowd in their stadium? I kid you not. They used to play crowd noise over the tannery because basically they had no atmosphere at games. And I'm not I'm not surprised. <laughs> There's no passion there at all. Never has been. Well, I watched the uh, the game earlier, and um, at no stage in the first half was there a chant of the referees. Uh, you know what? So this fake noise is just absolute nonsense. Really, it's. Uh, you know, if you're going to do it, do it properly. Well, that's the thing. It's like half the time, it's sort of the the unusual, quirky things that gain grab your attention. But if it's sort of like a generic ole ole sort of noise, then yeah, it's going to seem quite manufactured. I I did find it funny what Danny Hilton came out with saying there's no away fans to wind no, up to wind up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we'll find someone. That's uh, that's his modus operandi. Um, the game itself is going to be different. We touched on it on the last podcast that we we're all together for. There's going to be five substitutes from nine now. Um, drinks breaks in each half to allow everything to be cleaned and everything else. And of course, as you both touched on, no atmosphere from fans or anything like that. James, how do you think that's going to impact everything? It obviously, it's going to slow the pace of things down, and that's probably not what we want with the new manager. He, he likes an intensity and a rhythm to his play, doesn't he? He does, but I'm not so concerned about that, because if you remember when he first took over the first spell and he invited us down the training ground just to see what they were doing there at um, uh, at the Brace. Was it the Brace then, or was it still Lily Ware? I can't remember. Uh but the intensity was really high and, you know, they've not played football for three months. So uh, any little niggly injuries should be gone. They should be absolutely chomping at the bit. I'm not so worried about that, uh, really. But I think that surely playing in front of 10,000 people or however many people you play in front of, it adds a bit of uh, nervous energy to the situation and, and, and revs you up a bit that way. And if that's not going to be there, then that that would probably be the thing that I would look to that w- would be the, the reason behind any sort of slow play. Um, so, yeah, like I say, it's just the no fans thing is probably the, it's going to have a massive effect, I think, either way. I'd like you seen in the like I've heard about in the Bundesliga because I've not watched any of it, but there's a lot of away teams going away and, and winning. Um, and, you know, maybe that's a fluke of what's happening over there, but maybe that's also, you don't have that 
praying crowd mentality going at away players and they can you know concentrate and take it easy a bit be, be a bit more relaxed sorry not take it easy yeah i mean i've kind of read um how it can benefit a home team because sometimes when you're at home you're under pressure to sort of push forward and entertain and kind of leave yourselves a little bit sort of exposed at the back whereas now you can be a little bit more patient a little bit more organized because as you know like there's not 10,000 Luton fans screaming get it forward and that kind of thing so maybe from sort of that point of view having no fans at Kenworth Road not balances it out because we all know the atmosphere and um, and what it can do but there's two sides to the kind of coin really yeah uh... It is going to be. You can't get around around the fact that it's going to be strange. I, the, but like I say, because the first, it's going to be the first game that it's happened in, and we've not really experienced it before. Well, I've not really experienced it before. It's going to be interesting. And one of the things I do think it's going to be interesting to be able to hear the players speak to each other. You should be able to, I imagine. Uh, I imagine you'd be able to hear Nathan Jones uh, shouting at the top of his lungs to get things done, and that would be quite interesting to hear because you don't usually get that uh, only on the very very rare occasions when you can hear a pin drop at Kenilworth Road so you know it's, it is um, it swings and roundabouts really isn't it you won't really know how it's going to affect you maybe to a couple of games in and uh, you see how performances have been or uh, results have happened but uh, yeah it's, 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 it is massive unknown quantity but you know I'm kind of looking forward to it to start with. Yeah, I think we all are. I mean, we want to watch some football, don't we? We should be watching the Euros at the minute. And obviously, we're not for reasons that have been well documented. So it will be good to have some football back. And the other thing, bearing, you know, talking about the Euros there and and things um, to factor in is the temperature, isn't it? Uh, football is not normally played in this country at the height of summer. And I know we've encountered a few storms today, but the forecast for the weekend is pretty good. You know, that's going to be a, a new thing. I know, I know Luton are probably okay there because we do our pre-season training at Portugal and Slovenia and all these warm climates. But again, it's still another adjustment to make. Yeah, it will be. I don't think it'll be a problem this first game, though. Like I say, everybody would be raring to go. They wouldn't have played any, any, any action. I mean, don't forget they've only been in contact training for the last two weeks, just over two weeks. So uh, they'll... They'll be like kids in candy stores, but really running about like they're just chickens, I'd imagine. It's, it's how it probably affects you the further you go in. I don't know if we get a heat wave or something. Yeah, that's that's going to make it tough, real tough. If you, you know, you're playing two, ga- uh, two games a week, like Saturday, Tuesday, it's going to be a lot. Yeah, um, that, I guess in a way then, I mean, looking at the schedule, it, it actually makes sense for once that, um, there is no midweek game in that first week. You know, if everyone's got that week after this game to take it all in, work out what can improve, what can't improve, rather than, you know, finish, bang, we're preparing for Tuesday night. Yeah, and a bit of recovery as well. Um, you know, I'm a very uh, intermittent, sporadic exerciser, as in I won't go, I'll go for a couple of years before doing the exercise and then decide it's time to start running. And you're fine after the first run. You think, oh, I've nailed this. But it's the next two days afterwards when you just, uh, yeah, it kills you. So, uh, 
there might be an element of that. There's lots of these procedures as well about how they can have to manage post-match warm downs and uh, run downs. I, I mean, I don't think that the Kenilworth Road dressing rooms are particularly spacious. <laughs> uh, less so probably for the away team, but uh, I don't know how they're going to manage that. Um, yeah, lots of uh, sort of unknown quantities, really. Uh, but you know, if you look, if you look at it, we, we probably weren't going to have any football, and now we're going to have some. Uh, maybe you take all of that. Yeah, I mean, if you're a fly on the wall in the Eric Morecambe suite, you might see more than what you usually um, get on a match day. Um, that day, that's for sure. If indeed they use that room, perhaps as um, warm down facilities and things like that. Uh, just in case you're wondering why I've not brought Tony into this conversation, <laughs> we're obviously doing this online, and um, His he's, decided, <laughs> he's decided to disappear. Um, but we will bring him back as soon as he rejoins the call. Um, Let's let's look at the sort of state of play then, James uh, with the division when it all stopped and everything, uh, looting us six points adrift of relegation, second from bottom. So we obviously need to overtake two sides between now and the end of the season. All I've heard in the media this week, or indeed last week, pretty much since Nathan's come back, actually, is points target that obviously he's not going to make public, nor would anyone expect him to. But what do you sort of think it is as a, as a target, a realistic target that's going to keep us up? Bearing in mind, Hull on 21st, in 21st now on 41, we're on 35. I've not really considered it, to be honest. I know, you know, it's different circumstances when he was here last time. He always had a two points per game rule, didn't he? But uh, if you're thinking of staying up, I mean, they've, they've got a win. I think they've probably got a win five to even have a sniff, really. Um, and usually you'd say, oh, well, there's five home games. So uh, that, that'd be you know, your dream ticket there. But maybe it works the opposite way and um, they'll have to probably dig in a bit more at home and then go go away. As unusually it might sound to Ellen Road and the, what would usually be a cacophonous noise and, and, and maybe turn them over there. So... Um, uh, it's, it is a really tough one they, I mean you might also have to take into account um, and I well I actually hope you have to take into account is uh, pl- uh, teams that are on disciplinary procedures you know Birmingham got off didn't they in the week but they've still got Sheffield Wednesday and Derby to go um, I think there'll be a lot of problems if that hasn't sorted before this game ends so uh, before the season ends sorry so, um, yeah, what's your interest to in that one? Yeah, I mean, I can't believe that that hasn't been sorted out before we start. Uh, there is still time. We're recording this on Wednesday. Obviously, the season restarts on Saturday. Tony, welcome back. Um, oh, <laughs> thanks for um, dead on me. So, you know, <laughs> the perils of modern technology. We've only had three months to um, get used to it. It's it's, it's yeah. all good. I, I'll ask you the same question that I asked James in your absence. Then. Um, we're second from bottom, starting out on the season again. How many points do you think we're going to need from these nine games to stay up? Well, with a total of uh, 27 up for grabs, um, we're six points behind, I would say, somewhere in the region of 18. Could see a safe, I think, for me. Um, obviously, I'd like all 27. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think that that's... Uh, 
what we're going to need. Now, bearing in mind that we are um, playing, uh, you know, a few of the teams around us, um, so there's a chance to, um, you know, overtake Hull, pull Huddersfield more into it, and put some more distance between us and Barnsley. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a real dogfight down there, but I, I think at the very least we're going to leave that 18 points. Form going into um, lockdown, James, does it count for anything now? Because obviously we were in good form when it shut and there are two or three teams above that were starting to hurtle towards us at a pretty quick rate. I think it all goes out the window now. Form. I think it's been too long. If you consider... Uh, when teams don't want the international break to come and that's just two weeks where you're not playing football. You know, if you're on a good run of form, you don't want it to come. And if you're on a pad run, you can't wait for it. But, you know, three months out, I think it's totally gone. And anyway, it was it was form under a different manager who plays a slightly different system. Um, and he might, it may be slightly different personnel as well. You know, I spoke to Danny Hilton this week and I hope that means that he's in with more of a sniffer playing, you know, whereas he only had 22 minutes in total of action under Graham Jones over, over two very short substitute cameos. So, um, and you, you could see that happening because, you know, Nathan brought Danny to the, to the club and, and they had a great relationship before. So there's too many variables to, and too much time and distance to, to say that anything that happened before can have an impact I think we're 20 minutes into the return podcast and already you're teetering on the edge of the Collins and Hilton playing together debate <laughs> we'll come on to that in a minute though do keep your thoughts on that Tony what's your thoughts on sort of previous form and things do we literally treat this as a nine game season get as many points as you can from these nine games or yeah, is it, it it is like a, a mini league but um I, I, there's a number of different factors coming to play for me here. I mean, one of them is um, all teams are, 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 are going to be, you know, in, in some cases hoping they'll keep their form going. In other cases, they'll, they'll hope on, that we want to change of fortune. Um, we've got two teams at the, at the top of the division who are, are were in outstanding form. A lot of the time, if there's any break, they, their form can change. So you, you, you never know with West Brom and with Leeds. I think that there's a number of factors going in in, in our favour. Um, I, I, it looks as though the reappointment of Nathan has, has, has given them a lift and motivated them. And they, they know that they, they're, that they're fighting for their championship lives here. Um, it's good that um, players who are going to be out of contract have, have agreed to play and, you know Danny Hilton's done that Glenn Ray's done that um, and, and they'll be determined and, and the advantage we have is that Nathan does know the players uh, he knows how to get the best out of them so um, I you know for me it's, it's going to be a mindset of you know playing in an empty stadium are they going to have a problem getting out of the uh, training game friendly mentality um, but we know that as I said it's a scrap and we, we want to hit the ground running as it were um, but I'm sure we've got the players there who can put their effort in and, and, and want to stay in the championship and, and don't want an, a relegation on their CV um, so I'm, I'm 
I'm more confident now, funnily enough. Uh, I didn't particularly want Nathan back, but now he's back. I think we've got to back the, the, the club, the team and the manager. Excuse me. And um, I, I think, yeah, it, it, it's funny. I, I feel more confident because uh, the, right, the right noises are coming out. I mean, Nathan's saying the right things. Uh, and so are the players, you know, uh, with the interviews with Danny Hilton, Sonny Bradley and um, James Collins. So um, I, I, I just hope that they, they don't let us down. I'm sure they won't. Tony mentioned the out-of-contract players agreeing to carry on, James, and another boost seems to be that none of the loan players have been recalled or turned their back on us, like um, Barnsley have pulled someone back from Hull, haven't they? And one or two others have, have left Hull as well. The likes of Izzy Brown, Luke Bolton uh, could have big parts to play. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the situations around those other clubs, but um, the, the the players that Luton have got a loan are not going to be in anywhere near the first teams for their uh, their clubs. They're all in the Premier League, aren't they? So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a good decision that they've got to stay, and uh, it's going to be interesting, one, isn't it? Because uh, you know, when Nathan was last at the club, he had a wonderful squad. And he put together a wonderful squad. Um, but it was a League Two squad, League One squad, and now he's got Izzy Brown, who's one of the best players I've seen in many years at Luton at his disposal, and how he how he might deploy him because I mean I suppose it's not cut and dry that he'll play because he knows Andrew Shinney who can play that number ten role, Luke Berry knows him and play that number ten role, so uh, it'd be interesting to see. Which, which one he sort of goes with. Yeah, it will. And with that in mind, um, Tony, did you take anything from the friendly against Brentford on Tuesday? It's very hard um, to, to gauge anything from that, especially with not watching the game. Um, I suppose any win against a good football inside is good, although I don't think uh, Brentford did have a full-strength team out. But uh, the, the only bit of the action I've seen is uh, Luke Bolton's goal. Um, but as a, as, as a, a training exercise, it, it, it was worthwhile. Um, as long as we're, as I said, we're competitive. But look at it this way, for every team in the division, it's a complete step into the unknown this is. And nobody knows how everybody is going to react to it. Um, but certainly what we know of our manager, he won't let them rest on their arms and, and he won't let them get comfortable. So it's all to play for. It's all to play for. Certainly one thing I'm, I'm quite optimistic about, I, I think with uh, Nathan being back, I, I think we're more likely to hold on to players like Glenn Ray now. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I would agree with I would agree with that. James, did you take anything from... The friendly, apart from the fact that you didn't know it was going on until I told you um, about it on WhatsApp, uh, I, I guess the I guess the eye catching thing from it, apart from that, is the fact that both Collins and Hilton scored. Now they, I was, I'm pretty sure they didn't partner each other in the game. I think one played the first half, one played the second half. So you can tell me if they can play together now, but it cannot be a bad thing that strikers are already scoring goals. Oh, absolutely not. Um... It can't be a bad thing for Hilton that he's scoring goals. He's had so little opportunity to do so. He, he was nowhere near getting a sniff in that short amount of time he did get 
to play under Graham Jones. Um, so to have him back up and running is is a massive boost because you know he was back fit from January and he played a couple of behind closed balls games, but it just wasn't fancied by uh, Graham Jones. So he hadn't seen him play. Uh, really and it was tough to get him in in the squad I guess from his point of view but you know Nathan knows all about him Um, and whereas before uh, in the early part of the year it it may have been a bit ring rusty so to speak everybody's going to be in that situation now he's he's, he's had plenty of chances to get over the knee injury Um. And he's been back training with everybody else. So it, I guess he's probably on a level, a level playing field with most other players, and, and that that can only be a good thing. Uh, you know, you know, Hero takes a little while to get into things, but if everybody else does as well, that little bit of uh, shithousery that he's got in, in all sorts of things, as well as a little bit of quality, a little bit of skill. And if you know, if he's if he's already found the net, he knows where the goal is, then. You know, they need goals, don't they? So it's going to be a big, big bonus. Yeah, yep, it certainly will. Um, Tony, you've touched on the manager situation and how it makes sense and how you're happy with it and everything like everything like that. The um, Stoke sort of, you know, what he did at Stoke, we we just writing that off because this squad are more suited to him than that one. I think really we've got to because um, you know if you look at it, I, I, our, my opinion is that he, he, he made a big mistake going to, to Stoke. Um, it was basically the wrong club at the wrong time, um, <clears throat> and he was walking into a situation I've described as a basket case of a the club there. Um, and he, he was coming in as a manager who'd only managed in. On, on a permanent basis in League Two and League One, and half a season in League One. So I think, um, to me, there must have been some attitude amongst the Stoke players, the, the ones that were still with the club that had come down from the Premiership, uh, saying, you know, who is this guy? He, 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 he's, you know, he, he's never played at our level. He's never managed at our level. Um, so I think he he, he, would have, he would have got that, and, and and the fact as well that he came in and, and and tried to change things around pretty quickly, probably too quickly, and 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 to an extent his hands were tied because they had a lot of you know players on on you know really good wages that were under contract, and uh, he he couldn't shift them out and uh, bring his own players in. So uh, I, I honestly think he, he was on a hiding to nothing there. Um, he will have learnt from it. And uh, I, I think the experience uh, that he gained there, I, I think we will benefit from it because, um, as I said, he knows the players. The players know him. Um, they know what's expected from him. Um, the newer players that weren't there under his previous tenure they will have learned from uh, the rest of their teammates what to expect from Nathan. And uh, the one thing we do know about him is the guy, he, you know, he does work really hard. Um, and I, I'm, I'm sure that um, we will be successful 
in our fight against relegation. If we're not, um, then we cut our cloth accordingly, you know, once that happens. But I'm, I'm, uh, I've every, uh, you know, hope that we, we will be successful and uh, it won't be for lack of effort. That your view as well, James? Yeah, I mean, it, it does. It does work really hard. Um, and he'll have that, he'll have that motivating fact from the touchline, which, you know, many people uh, accused Graham Jones of not having the same sort of thing. Uh, I mean, you, can, you can't win sometimes, can you? Because you're either beating, beating your chest and getting stick or you're standing there and not waving and getting some stick, in here. So, I don't think there's any middle ground, I don't know. But, uh, you know, the, the, the key core of that squad, barring Jack Stacey and James Justin, are still there. And, uh, you know, they loved him every bit as much as the fans did the first time round. You know, and, and they got to see much more of him as well, obviously. They, they, they went to, most of them went to his wedding, even after he'd left, gone to Stoke when he got married. So, um, they, they'll, they'll run through brick walls for him and that's why it's quite a shrewd move from uh, Gary Sweet and the board to to bring that back and everything that uh, Gary said at the time of his shop reappointment is true it makes it makes perfect sense um, you know it's a different debate as to whether you like the guy or not but in terms of trying to get yourself out of a bit of mess at the bottom of the table makes absolute sense yeah I offered that view uh, in my latest column on your on your website, didn't I? Uh, Tony's already answered this, so I'll ask you: Are you more confident that we'll stay up with Nathan back than you were previously? Less so, yeah, more yeah. same. Uh, to be honest with you, I am, um, Kev. I think I think we've got a better, um, a, a much better chance now. And, and I'm not being disrespectful to Graham Jones. I mean, you and I, um, we, we, we we did a an interview with uh, Graham. And, uh, you know, found him a, a, a thoroughly decent bloke and a, and, and a nice guy to talk to. And he, he does know his football. He does know his football. But as you know, sometimes with managers, um, for whatever reasons, it doesn't work out. You know, it's like uh, really good players go to clubs and for some reason it, it, it fails. They move on to somewhere else and they're, and, and, and they're successful for it. Regarding Nathan, um, again, what I would say is that, you know, we, we, we have, you know, a lot of dealings with Gary and with uh, David Wilkinson, and uh, they did express at the time their views to us uh, quite strongly and uh, about the circumstances in which Nathan left. And uh, I've looked at it and I thought, well, do you know what? If they can forgive him and move on, then I can do the same, you know. Um, and, you know, you know as well as I do that they were quite vocal and, uh, you know, in their views about what happened. So I have no doubt that he, he is contrite. And, and, and I suppose as well, you, you, you've got to respect the guy as well because it has taken a lot of bottle to come back. He's going to face someone almighty stick from supporters who weren't happy about it. So you've got to respect him for that. You know, and I think that will that will filter through to the players. And as we've already said, you know, they, they, they will run through brick walls for him. 
Um, so yeah, I, I'll, I'll stick my, my neck out and I'll say we will stay up. James? Well, you want me to stick my neck out as well? <laughs> <laughs> Are you more confident, um, less confident about the same? Um, well, I was quite confident in that run of six games before the lockdown anyway, because they were playing some decent stuff. And you know, the last game against Wigan, when Sluga pulls off that save, you think that could be a massive, massive moment. Um, because they they probably should have lost that game, in all fairness. Um, and it's that sort of stuff you need to put out points from... Um, draws from defeats and victories from draws to try and claw yourselves away from it. So I guess I was reasonably confident at the time. Um, whether, I'm, uh, whether I'm more confident, I think I probably am because just having spoken to, you know, Sonny Bradley and James Collins and Danny Hilton and the, the way that they've talked about the um, linking back up with Nathan I mean, Danny Hilton didn't go into it too much, but he, he did say he just felt that the spark had been lost um, for Luton and, and that it's back now. Um, and you got that. He did, you probably, I got that sense from, from all three of them without him having to say that, but it was interesting to, to hear him say that. Now, you could also say that, you know, Danny Hilton wasn't getting a sniff under Graham Jones, so perhaps he didn't feel... You know, he didn't feel as uh, uh, strongly towards him, considering you know he's Danny Hilton's been the main man, talismanic figure since he got out of the club, and suddenly he was you know staring down the barrel of a, a, a contract expiring and not having any games and having to leave the club that he's you know he said many times he loves. So, um, so from the perspective of speaking to the people that are going to be, they've been there every day in training, seeing how the atmosphere is. Um, and then those three in particular have, you know, been through it before. Then yeah, I'd have to say I'm, I'm, I'm quite confident that that they can get something out of this. That it's not a foregone conclusion that they're going down. Good stuff. I like that positivity from you both. Uh, I think one of the things that's really intriguing about Saturday is going to be the team selection, isn't it? Um, it would have been anyway, actually, given the long break with people coming back and things like that, even if Graham Jones had been here. But the fact that we've got Nathan back now, you know, opens up a kind of whole different dynamic to it. I mean, James, who would you like to see in the team? Uh, let, let, let's go through. Well, I think the goalkeeper's pretty set in stone, isn't it? I don't think anyone would think Saluga would be dropped for any reason. Uh, no, but then Nathan Jones doesn't know Saluga very well, but. You know, his quality has, has come out since Christmas, didn't it? It, it started to come to fruition. And, and like I say, that save against Wigan is an absolute worldly. So, um, you know, if he's doing that in training every day, then it'd be hard not to pick him. But uh, you, you never know. Uh, it, it, might be a, it might be an issue of continuity on that front, uh, on the goalkeeping front. But he's got some choices to make um, in, in the defence because... Again, he doesn't have the two full-backs that he used to have. He's worked with Matty Pearson and Sonny Bradley before who were, you know, imperious when he was there. Um, but then he's got Cameron Carter-Vickers who's, who's still playing and he knows him very well and he's, 
it was very good actually uh, against Wigan. Um, another one of the reasons why Luton were able to hang in there uh, when when Wigan were putting the pressure on. So that's going to be an interesting one. Um, you'd have to probably say that because Sonny Bradley's a captain, he'll get to play. And then it's a toss-up, isn't it? Really, whether it's Matty or, or Cameron Carter-Vickers. Um, and similarly, all, throughout the rest of the, the rest of the team, it's going to be a interesting one. I, I would imagine Glenn Ray plays at, um, at the base of the diamond, but it's the it's the tip, isn't it? As I've already said, who plays there? Who knows? Shinny, he got the best out of Shinny. Uh, he got the best out of Berry, but now he's got Izzy Brown as well. Um, it's interesting because Izzy Brown sort of has also played as a second striker, isn't he, uh, this season? So whether that's an option or whether he goes for the old Collins Hilton combo, <laughs> you're absolutely dying to get onto that. <laughs> if you are, but before you do, I mean, Tony, what sort of team are you kind of expecting to see I mean James has ran through the um, the options really the one thing he didn't touch on was the heart of the midfield which has had an awful lot of stick this season particularly one player or potential player in the heart of that midfield in Tunnicliffe do you see him playing on Saturday obviously there's Pelly who can play in there Shinny doesn't have to play at the tip of the um, diamond he can also play there Butterfield is still around as well the only um player that I'm quite confident of starting on uh, Saturday is probably Glenn Ray. Um, he, he, he's a big favourite of Nathan and to be honest with you, you can understand why. I mean, when he came back in the team earlier this season, he made a hell of a difference. Um, so, he, he, he's lucky in the sense that he's got so many options and um, combinations that he can play. And uh, I, I think you're going to see, you know, a few different players over the course of the next few weeks because we're playing so many games in such a short space of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, you know, even with whatever eleven he, he selects on Saturday, I don't think you can read too much into that. Um, he's got some great um, options on firepower up front, be it Hilton and Collins together. But you've also got, uh, you know, Cormick, and you've got um, Izzy Brown, you can play up there, you know, in, in midfield. We've got Riches there, with, you know, um, at the tip of the diamond, you can play Brown, you can play Shinny, you've got Elliot Lee as well, you've got Luke Berry, Perry, Tony Cliff. Um, I think. Play them all with five subs, can you? Yeah, yeah, you could. Yeah, you could. And I'm funny enough, if, if any of the players were to get injured, I hope nobody does, but uh, I, I'm fairly confident about replacements that could be brought in. I think uh, Nathan will look at it and think, you know what, we've got um, an improvement at the back, certainly with um, Cameron Carter Vickers. I mean, he, he's made a great difference there. I mean, as you said, you've got Matty Pearson, you, you, you've got Sonny Bradley, you've also got uh, Donovan Daniels, you know, whether he'll still be at the club next season or not, I don't know. So, 
it's it's anybody's call. I mean, um, for me, it, that midfield has got to be built around um, Glen Ray. You, you need Penny in there to provide some power, but you also need some creativity. So, you know, I, I would play um, Izzy Brown at the tip of the diamond. I would also um, have Shinny in there as well for creativity. But you've got a backup in, in, in Tony Cook. And up front, you know, as I wouldn't be averse to playing Hilton and Collins together, or you've got other combinations you can play. You can play Hilton and Cornick, or Hilton and, and Cornick and Collins rather. So it, it's anybody's guess, and you know it, it's the two fullback positions as well, isn't it? Um, I think Sluger will be in goal, but who plays the fullback? So I don't know. You know, Dan Potts on the left and the right back again. It's anybody's guess. So we could put down our favourite eleven, or what we think it will be. <laughs> Chances are, it'd be totally different on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, you've uh, all mentioned you've all mentioned sort of Bradley. Carter Vickers and Pearson as the sort of central defence, you know, kind of two from three. But of course, all three of them played in the last game at Wigan. So there is still that possibility, isn't there, that Pearson could maybe go to right back. I, I think let's let's move further forward, um, James, because you are itching to go um, <laughs> at this. It is Collins and someone else, isn't it, up front? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Not, not anything else. Can it be Hilton? Absolutely, yeah. Just just because of it, it's, it's there's a lot of own unknown factors about uh, the game situation and some of the squad that Nathan won't know about. I mean, even to the point that you know he knows Harry Cornick, but he doesn't know this season's Harry Cornick, does he? It, Harry Cornick was an impact sub when he was here, and that was a main striker. So um, there's a there's a call there. I wonder how much you might lean on Mick Harford for. Uh, experience of what's happened this season um, in that regard but you know sometimes managers have favourites even though they'll tell you they won't and there's no question that um, Danny Hilton is is one of Nathan's favourites so I'd love to see him back because it was no way it was no way for a player of his stature to you know to sort of leave the club uh, at the end of this month, having not had a chance really, and he, I hope he gets it. Um, and you know, he says he's got no one to wind up, but he's got eleven other players <laughs> in a different shirt. He can have, he can get you right know, on the nerves of. So you've only got to look at uh, when he when he came back from injury. He made that twenty minutes appearance. He, he did give everybody a lift. You know, in fact, we we haven't even mentioned the while the while with George Moncur. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, did yeah, but he probably doesn't know much about George Moncur, didn't he? He brought him. Is that right? He brought him there, but then he he was away he came, pretty soon he, after. He came the week he done the um, yeah, yeah. He, he, he he did the disappearance. But you know, one of the things I'm I'm actually look forward to see if he can get. Any more out of Tony Cliff and McManaman, you know, and the, the players that came in, uh, because he'll have a different approach. I mean, they've already said that the, 
the training regimes are different and he's, he's got a different approach and he knows exactly what he wants them to do. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to that. Yeah, there's so much from that kind of thing there to look forward to on Saturday. It really will be um, interesting to see. And I'd like you touched on actually halfway through that, James. Probably doesn't matter who's in the starting eleven because half of them are going to get replaced during the game anyway. You know, it's not can't see there being any games in this run where you're not going to use your five subs. I mean, that that would just be ridiculously pointless to have that possibility and not take advantage of it, particularly in like in line with how quickly the games come. Yeah, although maybe not this game. It depends. You know, if you're doing well in this Preston game, then maybe you don't make so many because you've still got a week to recover. But it's after that, I think, where it's going to pay dividends. And a fair play to the uh, governing bodies for making a sensible decision for once because they're strangers to that, and they. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, they are. And that one really does make sense. I, unlike you two, I have watched uh, the Bundesliga. And uh, it, they do make a real difference, um, all those substitutes. And they're not actually being used as time-wasting mechanisms, um, which which I guess is the concern. Yes, they can still only be used three times in the game and at half-time. It's not like you can bring them on every five minutes just to split the game up. It's not like that. Uh, we always end our podcasts with predictions. And you're not getting away with it this time just because it's uh, a new normal. Uh, we will do the next five games because I think they are pretty important. So obviously we've got Preston at home, Swansea away, Leeds away, and then two humongous home games, Reading at home and Barnsley at home. Tony, I'll come to you first. There's 15 you points would, available would. there. Okay. How many uh, How many do you think we'll get? How many do we need to get? What's your sort of feelings? No, like, as I said, it, it, overall, I think we need 18 points and I hope from those few games we can get the bulk of those points that we need. There's some hard games there. I'll be happy with the point as well. I, I, a home win against uh, Preston is a must, I think, to, to put up to a good start. I mean, I'd, I'd like that to be something like 3-0 or 3-1. Um, then a point that Swansea. If, if, if we can, if we can do the win at home and draw away, I, I, I think we'll be all right. I, I, I think the, the toughest one out of our remaining games is Leeds, obviously. But uh, not having any any supporters in the ground, I think, um, will help us on that occasion. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that we can get a point away from that game. So. Looking at points, I mean, I suppose that a few games, 12. 12 points, yeah. James, in many ways, I mean, we're only going to touch on these five games right now, but in many ways, there's two seasons here, isn't there? If you look at these fixtures, there's these first three that look testing, tricky, but get over them and the last six, they drop off in, you know, in size of task enormously, don't they? Is it just literally a case of, get what we can out of these first three and then hit the ground, not hit the ground running because we'd already hit the ground, but, you know, really go to town on them last six. Well, I, I you know, judge, judging by purely what Gary Sweet said and the reason for getting Nathan is they got hit the ground sprinting. So you've got to say uh, a victory against Preston is a must to um, 
to get the ball rolling and get the confidence up that, that it can be done. I, I, it's strange because it, in normal circumstances, I say, yes, the toughest two would be Swansea and Leeds, but, but you're not, you're not going to have those uh, huge stadiums for the people. Um, and so maybe that evens it up a little bit. And don't, I, I wasn't actually at the Swansea game, so I can't speak to that, but Luton should have got a point out of Leeds, <laughs> at least. Um, and it was very, it was you know, heartbreaking scenes that they didn't, and, you know, unjust scenes because they scored a goal as well that it didn't get given. So, you know, while Leeds were quite impressive in the last 15, 20, until they squirmed that one over the line, they didn't look like they were going to get anything. Um, but, you know, Leeds had been, Leeds had obviously built up a head of steam towards that fixture, whereas it's the same for everyone at the moment. They're not going to have that platform and they're not going to have that momentum, uh, that bounce. And talking of bounce, obviously, yeah, hopefully have this new, the new manager left, you know, new but old. Um, so I, I kind of think that the, the pressure's off for those two games against Swansea and Leeds and I think that can only bode well. If you could pick if you could pick a point up at both it'd be a good result. If you can win against one of them it'd be a wonderful, wonderful uh, platform to go into those last five. And there's some scores to settle there because uh, you know the Reading game they it was one of the worst. Outside of the Brentford hammering it was anyway. one of the most nothing pointless performances I've ever, I've ever seen actually. It was didn't want to slip into hyperbole there, but it was absolutely awful. What an awful day in an awful place. <laughs> um, you talk so, about yeah. places with no atmosphere and everything. Well, we experienced it that day because that was dead as a dodo, that place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Apart from the two so, beach balls that were bouncing around in the goal behind behind us. Yeah, well, you know my feelings of anywhere that has to have a drum. <laughs> it, we won't have that anymore that'd be good wouldn't it I can't get to go and listen to these crappy teams that think atmosphere means you have to have a drummer dear lord <clears throat> um, I don't know those cardboard cutouts they might get a bit lively <laughs> yes what if there's a bit of wind <laughs> <laughs> um, points wise uh, 15 points I think you've got to be looking at Nine or ten, I think they'll be getting nine or ten, and that's a good on, one. Saying that, be, be positive, like I was. <laughs> nine or no, ten. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't think that's fair enough. I mean, if you both think we need eighteen points to stay up, and we get nine or ten out of them first, yeah. first five, you know, you'd back us to get eight out of the last four. So we would certainly be, um, we'd no. certainly. Be, Right Don't on track. Forget that Leeds are going to be under a lot of pressure as well because there's a, a lot of pressure on them. They they really have to get promoted this season because uh, the financial position they find themselves in. So that could well work against them, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, James kind of touched on it there. Of these five good teams that we've got coming up, I mean, only really Reading beat us. And, and I kind, you kind of touched on it again. We more or less beat ourselves by the woeful performance that we put in that day but I mean you look at the Preston game I think we probably deserved a bit more than we got there if Cornick scores at 1-1 I think everyone who was there of a Luton persuasion that day thinks we go on and win the game um, 
Swansea at home, I know you wasn't there, James, um, but they didn't look anything special and scored a scrappy goal. You, you've touched on the Leeds game and Barnsley we've already beaten, of course. So there isn't anything to fear in inverted commas there, is there? It's, it's just about going out there and getting the job done. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't think there's anything to fear anyway. And I don't, I think if there, maybe if there was previously, then I think that probably goes out the window for all the factors that we've discussed today. You know, the new manager that they love playing for and um, the fact that they haven't played football so long and they're desperate to. Uh, they, they, we all know that they're quite a together bunch anyway, Luton, so they've been sort of no uh, f- factions fighting against each other. It will be a, a united front uh, against it all. Um, so... You know, if you take into all those, you take all those factors into account. It it's promising, isn't it? And then you, you're right. You just have to go out there and and perform and and get the results. Well, maybe not even perform. You just have to get some results. You have to fight it out, scrap it out. Um, but that is that is probably going to be the, the the one sort of test because nathan jones at luton in his first spell was used to playing this lovely free-flowing football that blew teams away and it's not going to be like that this time around you could say yeah indeed it uh, it will um, be interesting that is for sure um tony one thing we, we we shouldn't um finish on this podcast without um acknowledging the club obviously um people who've given up their refunds back to the club have yeah. been rewarded with um, a free pass to watch these last nine games, not just the five home games that the season ticket was, season ticket was for, but actually the whole nine games. I mean, that's a fantastic gesture in its own right. They didn't have to do it, of course. I think most people would have expected something in return for giving up that refund, but it, it's a great gesture and it just continues to highlight just how important the fans are to the club and, and how these particular owners recognise that. No, definitely. As we all know, they, they, they are fans and supporters themselves, and I think it's a great gesture. Um, also, you know, you've got to thank the fans that have done that, that have, have um, you know, donated their, uh, their refunds. I, I think it's a brilliant gesture. And uh, it just shows you that uh, how much the club is loved. Uh, by the supporters and, and how much it means to everybody. Now, I know not everybody is given a refund and the reasons for that probably in the main are people just can't afford to and at, at the moment they need, they need every penny they can get so we can quite understand that but obviously you know if, if it's still open if anybody feels they they want to donate money to the club please do so we've got our just giving page uh to do that um help us reach the target of five thousand pounds on that um be a great gesture but there's no obligation to do that and, and there's no pressure to do that. If you can't, you know, afford to do it, uh, you know, there, there's no um, comeback on that. You know, even if you could give a pound or whatever, it would all help. And it will all make, you know, make sure that our club continues to exist. Because at the end of the day, you know, it, it, it's nine games in a short space of time and whatever happens, uh, what is important that the club continues in some way, shape, or form. So, you know, just thank you to everybody for doing that, and thank you to the club for what it's done. 
Absolutely. Here, here. And we'll finish this podcast, Tony, with a little bit of an announcement on behalf of the Trust because we have recently brought out a new, brand new membership app for new members. Yeah. Um, Anybody that joins uh, for uh, uh, 2020 to 2021 or anybody who renews their membership um, will have access to a, a new app that will uh, obviously appear on their on their smartphone uh, and you can have an on-screen membership card which you can access and you can add a photo to it but it will also give you access to um, club information what the trust are up to and uh, we're, we're working on um, other deals and uh, benefits that uh, trust supporters will gain uh, and that, you know that's with no increase in in the uh, membership fee so uh, there's been a, a lot of comments in the past over uh, you know i should have a membership card and not everybody can uh, you know go to the site and print one off which they have the ability to do but it's uh, a lot easier and a lot better for people to have this on their phone you know um i think We've got one already, haven't we, Kev? And uh, it is easier. And the feedback I've had from people who've taken it up is very, very good. So, um, yeah, it's just moving us further into the 21st century. That's it, yeah. Uh, And you should have had an email or a correspondence from us if you are a member about the app. If you haven't, hit our website. All the details are on there about how to get hold of your app. And uh, if you're not a member and you want to become a member, again, go to the website. You can join or renew your membership uh, on there. And just one other thing uh, regarding Saturday's game, before and after the Trust are running virtual match day engagement sessions, um, you can... Yeah, you're the right prize, Kev. You can... You can meet up with your fellow fans during the game on Zoom and celebrate, hopefully, every loot and goal that goes in. And then you can meet up in a kind of virtual pub after the game, get yourself a beer, chat to other fans like you would in a pub, which we're unfortunately not in a position to do at the minute. Chew the fat over the game, celebrate the victory and um, crack on. Another another sort of initiative that brings us into the 21st century, Tony. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think it's a great idea. Um you know, it, it, the, um, to do it through Zoom is, is basically open to trust members, but anybody else is quite welcome to access it through Facebook. Um, uh, it's on the Zoom, it's for the first hundred people that come in. And uh, it, it, it's a good idea, you know, the, the, the fact, as long as you've got another device that you can watch the game on. And, uh, you know, it, it's fine. You can come in, you can make comments. Uh, you know what you need to do is moderate your language uh because uh, we're hoping to make it a family thing so uh, you know if anybody slips up initially it, well, depending on what they say um you won't be bounced out immediately but you will be given a warning um but yeah come along and do it and it's it's a good way of uh, as kev said meeting up and uh, you know having face-to-face uh, contact with uh, other people, friends you haven't seen for a while. I'm looking forward to it because there's going to be a few people I haven't seen for a while. Um, so, yeah, hopefully it will be a good thing and uh, it's something that perhaps we can run at every game. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Indeed, yeah. Wonderful. Chaps, it's been good to talk about football and look look ahead to football at what's to come. James, 
enjoy that unique atmosphere on um, Saturday and the games ahead. Tony, enjoy being around whichever device you're watching the game on. Mm-hmm. We'll both be tuned in loud and clear on Simon's commentary, checking his every word, even if he is watching it from completely the opposite side to what we're going to be. And, um, well, here's hoping that when we reconvene in two or three weeks' time, we're celebrating four or five victories. Cheers. Indeed. Yeah. Cheers, boys. See you guys.